systems initiated. You are listening to the Empire Podcast Network. This is Jacob Young. Many of you have followed my career on television and in movies for the past 20 years. As Jacob Young, the actor, the characters I've played have had mountains of problems to overcome. Let's face it, nobody's life is perfect. And in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges to face. This podcast series sponsored by Boys Town is a place to hear some of my famous friends talk about the issues that they've had to face and how they've jumped over those hurdles on a pathway to a healthy mental health. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Hey everyone, this is Jacob Young. My special guest this week is one of my closest friends from Pine Valley. She's an Emmy-nominated actress who's also been seen in The Soap Within a Soap, Tainted Dreams, and the web series Beacon Hill, and the award-winning film Desires of the Heart. All my children fans all know her as the daughter of Erica Kane. Now she's played one of the most popular characters in daytime TV history, one and only Kendall Hart. Now, in real life, she's my friend, Alicia Minshew. You know what time it is. (laughs) It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town. Alicia, welcome. Hello, my love. (laughs) It's so good to hear your voice. I know. It's so good to see your gorgeous face as as I sit on a bench in New York City looking like, you know... I don't know what I look like right now. Look, I'm about to rob a bank. <laughs> or a ninja, a purple ninja. Or a ninja, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you, honey. This is like, this is so exciting. To, I'm like, to I'm be so... able to do this years later, you know, and connect like this. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And it means so much to me. And of course, the fans. And you know, I say this all the time because it's so true. The All My Children cast and crew was really a family off screen, folks. And yes. I, and I'm sure fans tell you that all the time, that they, they love and they miss the show. Just let's clear the air, first of all. What do you think made All My Children so special to millions of people? You know, I think, like you said, it is it is definitely like a family. And, and I think that that came through on the screen. I think they could tell that we were like a family. And I think that we felt like family to them. But I also think, honestly, and I think you'll agree, it was Agnes Nixon's writing. I mean, the stories that, I mean, we got to tell so many real life drama stories. And I think people connected with that, right? Like they can relate to so many of our stories. Yeah. And I mean, just groundbreaking stories, which was, you know, which really set all my children apart all those decades. Now, speaking of stories, I want to apologize straight up front for almost killing you when Jr. dropped construction <laughs> supplies on you Wait. while you while you were pregnant with Spike. While I was pregnant, oh my God, good. By the way, good memory. You're doing your homework because I forgot about that. I remember 
in the very beginning when Kendall and JR were a team and we would like kiss and cause trouble and then cut to years later when you would try to kill me. But that's why, well, that's why your character is so lovable. Because well, well, speaking about that. It's someone that you love to hate, you know? Well, that was, I, you took the words right yes. out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, what do you think the human nature is that makes us all want to love to hate certain TV and movie characters? You know, good question. I think it's, because I think everyone has maybe a, a, a bit of a dark side. And I think when they see someone who has that side, but then they see their vulnerable side, they see how human it is. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's first of all, it's fun. It's, it's so fun. It was so fun to watch you cause trouble. And, and for me personally, it was fun to cause trouble. But then when you see the human side, that I think then they can relate to you, right? Like they go, yeah, I feel like him. Only I, I'm not, I'm afraid to do everything that he does, but he's fearless. JR was fearless, right? You did anything you wanted. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say Kendall was too. I, you, you were, you were, you were always like, you never backed down. She never backed down from any situation. It's true. It's true. That's why we were a good team for a short period of time. Like it was fun. We always knew with her drama and the JR's drama that we would have each other's back. I mean, except when you tried to kill me. <laughs> except for that one little time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one time. But, you know, <laughs> these things happen, right? Yeah, you know, that's I normal. I you. Yeah. Did you always know growing up that you wanted to pursue a career in acting? You know, I did. I have to say, I, I come from a family with a bunch of sisters, and I was the one always singing and dancing and um I, I, I did I did high school theater and the first show I ever did in high school I was 15 and after I finished doing the show it was Once Upon a Mattress I played Princess Winifred and I said to myself this is what I want to do mommy I want to move to New York City and I want to be an actor and she totally supported me and and here I am I'm still in New York City a million years later <laughs> isn't that something though knowing it from such a young age uh, you know, for kids that are out there, yeah. for kids that are out there or young adults, tweens, children that have ambitions like that, what kind of advice would you give them? You know what I would say? I would say stick to your dreams. Do not give up. Don't let anybody discourage you. I mean, I came from a small town. My parents did not have a lot of money and I wasn't around people on TV, but I knew what I wanted and I just stuck with it. You know, I had to work at restaurants. I had to live in, do you hear those kids, by the way? That's fantastic. You know, we love children on this show. We are always offering advice. This is actually really perfect for this mental health podcast. Yeah. You know what? Beautiful then, because you're, because I'm around kids and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a playground. Basically, this is what you do when you go to, when you go outside in Manhattan. Um, but, but I, I would say, honestly, don't let anyone discourage you. If you know you want to do it and you have support from your family, you have to just keep going. It, it's the kind of business that you have to love it to be in it, as you know. But, but I would say just stick to your dreams. I, I knew I wanted it. I said from the get-go I wanted to do this. And I just, you know, I, a, lot, a lot of different auditions, a lot of jobs I didn't get, a lot of rejections and I just kind of kept my held up and said I'm just going to keep having fun until something sticks and I think for, for, for kids who want to do that that that's you know have fun enjoy the process that's part of yeah it. because if it's not fun 
I, you know, you got you got to get out of it because if because it, it'll it'll kill it will kill you spiritually spiritually yes. it will yes. kill your soul totally. if you allow it to yep. infiltrate it. But if you can allow that aspect of fun and you enjoy the hunt of the game and going after it the way that we have to do, it's a necessity. Yes. Just like you're saying, it's a necessity to. Uh, make it in a town or that New York City or Los Angeles, and a, as an actor, yeah. it's, it's it's a big challenge. But if you enjoy it, you never work a day in your life. That's right. That's right. Right. And, and it's the kind of work I mean, work that you you know we had so many lines to learn, right? So many pages to learn, so many hours. But if you love it, it doesn't feel like work. It feels just like you know you're you're living. You're doing something that fulfills you. Absolutely. You know, you're a mother in real life and you've got a beautiful daughter, Willow. And and running around right now outside. (laughs) Which we can hear and everybody else, which is so awesome. Now she's almost like what we call a tween, right? She's almost Oh my god, she just turned eleven. So yeah, you know Luke, right? Yeah. He's twelve. He's twelve, yeah. He's you know, and you know, we're dealing with the teaching kids at home right now, of course, through through all this. Are are you doing the same thing? Yes, my love, I am. So in Manhattan, well, I guess like like most places, there's some schools that are open and some that are virtual. My daughter, Willow's in middle school. She just started middle school this year. It's a little different in, in Manhattan. They start school a little younger. But she goes once a week in person, thank God, and then the rest of the time is virtual. So I have been like you, um, you know, sort of the teacher, the cook, <laughs> the, you know, after school program. The, the everything, you know, but she's, she, thank God, I feel like kids are very resilient. Um, so she's she's been a trooper through all of this. But yes, I have been doing the schooling at home. And um, as hard as it has been, it's also been kind of a blessing to just spend more time with her and sort of be there with her. So I'm sort of taking the positive from it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you you have to. What else can we do, right? Right, right, right. There's been so, our ups and downs. Living through a pandemic is such a challenging thing this year for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Has there been any sorts of ways that you found of coping with the isolation and also dealing with Willow, you know, as far as like, because if my kids, for instance, kind of were wondering like why they couldn't see their friends and uh, yeah. they, they'll see other kids playing with each other. And we're yeah. pretty particular about this right now because, you know, the knock on wood, none of us has been, have been sick and now we're starting to get yeah. vaccinations. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, it's so great that you guys got to stay healthy. I know a lot of people did not, but um, us like you, we were very lucky. We, you know, none of us got sick. We stayed healthy. So for us, you know, it's, it is, I will say it's very different in Manhattan. Let me tell you why. We don't have a backyard or a house. We're in an apartment. So the only way to get fresh air for us is if we put on a mask and walk out the door. And when that happens, you see other people. So the one advantage that Willow had was, I'll tell you what what saved me. We live right across the street from the river. I'm right on Riverside Boulevard. I'm two blocks from the old, oh, my children's studio, actually. I'm in one of those big buildings by the river. Oh, yeah, nice. And... Yes. It, and you should see it now. It's beautiful here. I'll, I'll show you later, but it's beautiful here. And so for us, taking a walk by the river and getting to be out by the water has given us peace. And so she will get, she got to see her friends from a distance. They would put their masks on and they would take walks, social distance walks by the river. And that 
was really great for her to even get to see them from a distance and be outside with them. So she did get to see her friends outside, of course. Oh, that's um, so great. So that was a blessing. Yeah, that's so no, but she didn't, get, she, she didn't get to do like the sleepover and playing at each other's house. You know, we were really particular, like you guys were. Right. Well, we, so, you know, um, we, you know, we yeah. had to. You know, we've my kids have some, you know, preconditioned things like asthma and things like that. And we just oh, didn't want yeah, to take yeah. the chances. No, you don't want to mess with that. No, yeah, but you know, sure. it, you know, as you were talking about this, I sort of had you know that old expression in New York. Hey, I'm walking here, right? <laughs> Right, right. Hey, you're breathing my fresh air here. What are oh you doing? Hey, get away from me. Get, get right. Oh, my God. I told you, right, right as I told you, someone came, my, my neighbor came up to me, and I was like, I'm doing a podcast. I'm busy over here. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me like, huh? What? You know, I, I look like a crazy person talking to myself on a bench, but you know what? It's all good. I'm not. I'm talking to the lovely Jacob Young, and we're just and then we're discussing spirituality, and it's all good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, well, God bless her. <laughs> no, in, in fact, I ran over to her. I said, "I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm doing something. Can we talk later?" So I'm going to go visit her after I hang up with you. Awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you this: How does parent? How does the parenting style compare? Your your parenting style compared to say yeah. like your mother's when you were an adolescent, or say Willow's right. age. You know, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to keep it real. I am not half as strict as my mom was. I wish I was because <laughs> my because I honestly was much. I mean, I'm all for disciplining your kids and you know, and and raising respectful kids with manners. And that is one thing that Willow is very respectful and has manners. But I will say I let Willow get away with a hell of a lot more than my mom let me get away with. <laughs> I don't know if, that's, if other people are like that, but I, maybe because she's an only child too, and I had a bunch of siblings. So, you know, she, I just have one. It's it's probably different, as you know, with three. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I, right? Like, yeah. I just, to, I just lock them in cages now. <laughs> feed them every once in a while. Yeah. Like just throw, throw breadcrumbs in their cage. And, you know, that's whatever works. I, I um... Oh my God! There's so many pigeons. Hold on, <laughs> I have to walk over here. It is New York. Literally, pigeon it lady. Is New York, kind of. I literally, as I was talking to you, there's like twelve pigeons just surrounded me, like I was the bird lady. Yeah. So I, I had to walk to another bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna laugh about this later. Uh. So yeah, so I'm just I, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm a little lax with Willow. Not I'm much more than my mom was, and I regret that because I. I feel like I listened much better than Willow listens to me. So that's, that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell Luke, too, I go, yeah, you don't know what it's like, man. When I was a kid, I had to do this and that. It was way tougher. Uh, you're lucky. Yes. You, you, got, you, got it, you got it pretty easy, you know. And, and of course, yes. now we're, we're struggling with the school thing. And, you know, it's been a real learning curve. But if you could take a ride, say, in the Jacob Young time machine... What advice would you give your 11-year-old self? Ooh, that is so perfect. That's a great question, Jacob. The advice I would give myself is to not worry so much what people think of you and to just trust who you are and 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 to not worry about not to not to not sweat the small stuff. You know, to not worry about the little things and really look at the bigger picture. I mean, 
easier said than done, you know, when you're 11, there's a lot of hormones and stuff going on. But I used to worry about a lot of little things. And I see Willow, too. And I really try to tell her, let's take a deep breath and not sweat it, you know. And so if I could say that to myself, I think I would have, I would have, um, I would have helped myself, you know, from suffering with all these little, these little things that I suffered with when I was 11. You know, sure. little self doubts and stuff like that. That's really great advice. In not to not to wor- worry so much and not to care what people think. That's stuff we talk about a lot here on the podcast. And um, you know, as a kid, and those things, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. There's kids that are, you know, that you know, they say things, they do things. Other kids, they the way the way they look at you if you're not cool, especially with social media today. With you know, TikTok, and there's yes. sort of this this oh, over exaggerated oh, reality God, of what life right. is. And how is, how yes, does she deal yes. with that? How do you guys, do you guys regulate that? Or is, is she like, cause my kids yes, are immersed well, in, in, in some of this. I have to be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, Jacob. I mean, honestly, I feel like 99% of the kids today are, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's, it's around them. It's, it's everywhere, you know? And so she, it's so a willow loves TikTok. I'm not going to lie. She <laughs> loves TikTok. She loves the dancing. And, I don't mind the dancing part of it. She gets up and she learns all these great moves. What I mind is some of the things that are posted of unrealistic images of girls, especially for women, as you know, like I don't want for her to compare herself and to try to feel like she needs to be like some of these filtered people that she sees. Um, but also it can be dangerous too. I don't want her talking to strangers. And so, so we, we, ha- we do have to regulate it. It's hard because that it's also how she connects with her friends. You know, so and so's on TikTok or we're playing Roblox. I don't know if Luke plays Roblox, but Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well Molly and Grace too. Both oh, yeah, girls yeah, yeah. they play Roblox. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Willa she still loves her some Roblox. And you know, I'm okay. Like let them have some fun. But I just I just we have to regulate the time because if she's on electronic for too long she turns into a different person. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we have, right? we have, we have fits. That? We have fits that get thrown yeah, for same. no apparent reason other <laughs> oh than the gosh. fact they've been like locked on this video game for so long. Or yes. if it's like, can I have 99 cent Roblox bucks? And I'm oh like, I'm like, you just asked me that two hours ago. Oh I just gave you 99 cents. Oh my God. Yes. Willow asked me, Monty, can I have $4 worth of Roblox? I'm like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy a pet. We want to buy a power. I want to buy a, a, a unicorn or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, parents out there who, who have kids who play Roblox will understand what we're talking about. Oh, like, yeah. We do, we do try to regulate it, but when they're home in quarantine, it is hard. So you got to pick your battles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For I mean, sure. I got to say, you know, they're happy when they're playing, but the, but if it is too long advice all around for everybody out there that's listening it's you know regulate it be smart about Absolutely. it i'm sure you're already Absolutely. being smart about it. don't forget about your kids they're on their ipad for three four five hours oh god do yeah. something well, with by them by the way yeah yeah have them read a book or play a game you know we've been starting to play like board games i'm like look let's play this board game and, and i forget which one it is oh it's a funny one it's called blurt okay blurt and you blurt out these really funny phrases and so she likes that. So if she's on her computer for too long, I'm like, let's let's go play Blurt. Come on, let's 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 give your brain a break. Yeah, good. And it's, it's yeah, yeah. So little things like that, like you said, regulating is is a good thing. 
I wanted to talk about the film Desires of the Heart, which I highly recommend for everyone to see, which is available on Amazon right now. It is. And it was, it was just released on Amazon like a few months ago, even though we made it several years ago. You know how these things happen. Well, yeah, but it really scored well at the film festivals around the world. It did. Tell you us know, about it. It was one of those things. So this is, it's crazy, Jacob, because the writer is a woman from India and she was a fan of all my children. And so I had no idea that the show was even going to go off the air when she approached me. She literally approached me like two days before we found out All My Children was going off the air. And she said, I'm a big fan of All My Children. And I, I've written this, this screenplay and I've, I've always pictured you playing the woman in it. Can I meet with you? So I met with her. You know, it's funny how things happen. We ended up filming it a few months after all my children was on. Yeah, you're the air. like your timing and, couldn't be more perfect. I know because I wouldn't have been because, as you know, like when you work a lot on the show, it's you, you, sometimes you you don't you have to say no to projects. Like you can't do other things because you're so busy on on my children. But it, she was her name is Solida Parida. She's literally from India. She lives here in New York. Um, she got theatrical release for the movie in India so it was in theaters there and then it hit the film festivals here but I play a southern woman from Georgia and yes and this um, psychiatrist from India falls in love with me this American woman and it's a story of love and betrayal and how he ends up with this woman his parents wanted him to uh, obviously have an arranged marriage but he didn't want that he wanted to be with this woman who, you know, this American woman. So it's got a really interesting kind of mystical twist to it, which I don't want to, I don't want to give away, but it's a very spiritual mystical story, which is one of the reasons why I was very drawn to it. It, it has a very mystical sense to it. And that's all I can say. Okay. Well, a, I, I just yeah. want to try to ask you about this portion about it, the arranged marriage. You know, it's something that used to happen commonly in India and still yeah. does to this day with the very traditional families. Also, the Italians and the Greeks back in the day, they did the same thing. Sure, um, sure. So after Desires of the Heart, after shooting that, what have you learned about the importance of being permitted to love whoever your heart chooses in life? Well, I would say that one of the things that, I, that we dealt with in the film was um, – the character, Chris's character, the, the male character, of how he had he had to sort of go against what his family believed. And I knew that that was hard, but he also had to stay true to his heart. And then eventually, you know, the family would come around. So I I would say just staying true to your heart. Like, like sometimes you have to shake things up a little bit and, and sit down and, you know, have a chat with your family and say, listen, this is how I feel. I love this person and I, I want to stay true to my heart. So... It was, and by the way, that was, we filmed that in Savannah, Georgia. They filmed half of it in India. I did not go to India, but we filmed my part in Savannah, Georgia. And it was such a beautiful time being, you know, in an outside set in a beautiful location. There was something sort of magical about the whole experience. Well, Savannah's really, Savannah's really cool. You know, I'm not that far from there. I'm currently in in Charleston. Right. Right. You're close. Charleston, Hilton Head, Savannah, right there. Oh, I um, love that whole part of the, this country is so pretty right there. Yeah, it sure is. But you also have a new project that's coming out. By, by the way, guys, make sure you go check out Desires of the Heart. It's on Amazon right now. You can even get the HD version for a buck ninety nine. So there's no excuse why a you shouldn't be watching it. Come on, a buck ninety nine. <laughs> a buck ninety nine. I mean, I just forked out six dollars in Robux. 
Hey, hey, no, I, I think I, I forked out nine. How about that? Yeah, nine well, you, yeah, exactly. Well, I've got three kids, so I gotta like spread it out, you know, a little bit. Oh my God, you do. God bless you, my friend. Oh, but you have this new project with the Queen, Bobby? the Queen of daytime, of course. Holy broken, cool title, by the way. The spelling is W H O L L Y. Holy broken. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. First of all, I was just thinking you would be so good on that show. You want to know why? Because Jacob, because my dashing good looks and my well, charming well, personality. Well, well, that's that's obvious. But uh, aside from that, it's a musical. It's like Glee meets Seventh Heaven. So it is a faith based show. So it's about faith and spirituality. Um, but there's there's the, the writer Tom Humbert. He is a musician, and so there's songs in it. People bust out into song. The only one who doesn't it's in the you. first film is me. Is me. <laughs> Thank God. That was going to be my next question, you know. Nope. I, I nope. you know, but, but I've actually heard you sing. You have a great voice. Um, well, if I'm pretending in our dressing room to like go, ah. <laughs> well, your pretending is better than 99% of the people that are um, out there. Well, you're, you're very sweet. You're biased, but you're very sweet. I might be a little so bit. I have to say, you're a little biased, but I, yeah. I do, you know, I used to sing. So, so we're, so, okay. I'm excited because Susan saw the first film and she loved it. And the director had been wanting to get Susan on board because we film right up. There's a little child. We film <laughs> right. We film right in her town. So oh, he had cool. been talking. Yes, and so he had been talking for the past year or so how he wanted to get Susan on board. He connected with her. She saw the first one. Um, she loved it, and she had a meeting with Tom and, you know, I can't speak for Susan, but I, I can say that both of them called me individually and said what a great meeting they had. And, um, they're gearing up for the second, they're, they're turning it into an actual series instead of a film. And so he's written all seven episodes. Susan's already filmed a little trailer for some of it. And, um, she's really excited because it's a whole different genre for her, a whole different genre for me. Um, you know, it's in the faith-based in the world. Faith based, really, yeah, yeah. It, there's a big audience for that. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and so, I think what you'll appreciate with this podcast is that this, it's about uplifting, and it, it's about uplifting people, and it's about you know just finding the good in this world and with everything going on in our world right now. To have a show that sort of leaves you feeling refreshed and and full of you know love and and happiness is kind of a good thing these days. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so we film in the Hamptons this fall, and um, and I'm so excited because I get to work with Susan in a totally different way than I've ever worked with her. So that'll well, be really I cool. can't and wait to hear more going, about it. Well, she is going to sing. She is going to sing. Oh, well, she's so, been on Broadway. She's, she's yes. you know, Annie Get Your Gun and all yes. that stuff over the yes. years. She's, you know, she's always been a, a big musical buff, and... Yes, um, it I think just, that's why she was drawn to this, I think, because she gets to do something that she loves. It just fits her, her persona perfectly, and that's really cool that you guys are working together. Again, I know how much it's going to mean to the All My oh, Children fans that are it, out there. It, I hope so. Yeah, you know, it's, it'll be different because they're so used to seeing her play my mother. So it'll be a different, different way of seeing her and I interact, for sure, because I play a lawyer. She plays a congresswoman. We're not related. We're both kind of tough as nails, but it should be interesting, so... Yeah, something fun to look forward to. Well, keep us posted. Yes. I have one more question for you. And it's a question. You can ask me a million, Jacob. 
<laughs> well, we only got 30 minutes, so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. So we, 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 no, we, no. We got to make it. We got to make it mean something. No, but actually, this has been the most filled 30 minutes because uh, it just it just really? has. Yes, we so we've covered so much Yay. ground. But but this is a question that I ask everybody, all of all of my guests. One of the expressions that Boys Town, my sponsor, has is, and it's an expression that you've heard before, and there's a famous song, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And with that expression, it means, you know, we've all been carried at some point in our life in our time of need. And it's important because I know I have been, and I know most of the other guests that I have have been. But Alicia, if you don't mind, who carried you? Oh, wow. Good question. Who carried me in my time of need? Um, well, I am pretty spiritual, so first off, I'll just say God. But as a human, as a person, there's there's so many, Jacob. I mean, first and foremost, my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents, you know, my mom, my dad, and my husband. Yeah. I mean... You know, I've, you know, we, we all go through things in life and to have not only a great, you know, set of parents, but to have a husband who understands me and gets me and understands my fears and, and you know, things that I'm going through. He definitely has, has been that rock for sure. And dare I say my child, there's something about a child that can be very healing to a parent. And do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. My my child. I've had moments I've actually where I was afraid and when I would hug her and look at her eyes, I am not afraid anymore. So I'd say just family, family in general is yeah. I just gave you I gave you five different you, answers, you did. but they're you, all you true. gave me yeah, you gave me lots and that, you know, and there's no wrong or right answer. It's yeah. it, it's a collective group and that's what I found out about a lot of people that I've asked this question to. Um, when I was talk, talking with David Chokichi from Baywatch, you know, he, he was like, oh, I got this bro and this other guy and this guy. And like, we just, they've just, you know, they saw me through the worst times in my life. And it's, you know, we all, it's all different for everybody. So there's no wrong or right yeah. answer. But, yeah, but, it, yeah. but truly God, family, children, husbands, um, you know, I know Kristen carries me. I've had, sure. it, it's, there's been... You know, friends, it's just, it's just what, it, you know, we find those yes. special people that I we forgot, lock on to. I forgot a main one, what you just said, Jacob, you just said friends. And, you know, I'm remembering being, I was on all my children for 10 years. So all of you, you, Cameron, Rebecca, Torsten, Susan, Eden, like Tamara, like some of my very best friends have been made on that show and we carried each other. I mean, we all carried each other. We all went through some tough times and we were all on set and we would be there for each other. And it was really, like you said, family. And so, so all my children, family is an extension of my real family. But all of my friends there carried me through all sorts of wacky, difficult times. And so I think this is why I still feel so connected to you and to everybody from that show. Because we all went through something together. Oh, and kind of care, you know, we carried each other through, which was just, it was a beautiful place. A hundred percent. We're working with each other day in, day out. We're expressing emotions that are on a page at the same time, trying to deal with our own lives and not try to bring it into right. everything. And, right. and and we have all been at our wits end and we, yes. we and that was, oh, God, yeah. that was, it was great to be able to have people there that actually gave up, you know what? Yes. And, uh, yes, yes. 
it made me totally, feel great. Yeah. And that's what I miss the most about all my children and what I miss the most about you. But I'm really hoping that we could all see each other here real soon. And I'm really super stoked for you and all the projects. Holy Broken. Guys, again, see Dyers of the Heart, Desires of the Heart. Uh, it's on Amazon right now. Alicia, I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, my love. Oh, Jacob, thank you. I'm so like, I'm so happy to see your your beautiful face, but your spirit is like your soul is like coming through the screen, like just hugging me right now as I'm sitting on this bench. And it's so nice, like to have to come full circle. And years later, I'm sitting here doing this with you. It's like such a it's an awesome thing. So I'm, you, you've let's always, do it again. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You've always been such a special friend of mine. And you've, you made me feel so welcome when I first moved to New York and joined all my children. And those days Aww. I will cherish forever. Uh, it was a special time. And we were so excited to have you there. You know, we were like, Jacob Young is coming. You were just in this special, sweet soul moving from California. And, you know, here you are years later with a family and you're so successful. And we're all so proud of you. Like, you have no idea. So, oh, thank you. Keep, keep, keep doing it, man. I will. Please tell your husband, Richie, hello for me. I will. And he's, he's floating around here somewhere with his ass. <laughs> well, tell him hi. And I want to wish you continued success with everything. And we're, thank again, you. really looking forward to hearing more about you and Susan Lucci and Holy Broken. Yes, yes. We will. You got to get Susan on the show. I'll work on her. Oh, please. That would yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. Susan would love that. She loves you. So, yes, oh. we'll do it. Okay, Jacob, thank you so much. All right, Lishy. I'll talk I'll to talk you soon. I'll talk to you soon, love. All right. Okay, have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Real Conversations is proud to announce our partnership with Lane Frost Brand. We'll be doing a monthly giveaway of a different item each and every month. So be sure to enter. All you have to do is follow at Real Conversations with Jacob on Instagram, tag two friends, and be sure to download the latest episode of my podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing merchandise for the whole family at lanefrost.com. I'd now like to introduce Bridget Barnes. She's joining again to speak to some of the parenting topics that came up in the interview with Alicia Minshew. As we all know, when things aren't going good at home or when your children are struggling, it affects your mental health in a serious way. So we love that we have Bridget joining us to share expertise on parenting. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jacob, for having me here again. So there were so many great things that Alicia said, and, and she's such a fun personality, and I've known her for so many years. So, so she's very frank about a lot of parenting uh, things that she's, uh, hurdles that she's gotten over in her life. But we talked about parenting styles in my interview with Alicia. There was a lot of trendy names for different parenting styles these days. Um, Bridget, I'm interested in what type of parenting style you would say that Boys Town teaches in your classes. Well, we use what is called a positive discipline approach, which uh, builds on a positive relationship. It's kind of we learn from whom we like. If you've ever had a great teacher in your life, uh, you probably like them as well. And you might have had a teacher in your life that you respected or knew a lot, but if you didn't like them, that uh, 
could be a problem. So we definitely focus on relationship building. We use a liberal amount of encouragement uh, with children, uh, encouragement for doing versus just praise for being. Uh, We focus on problem solving together with a child versus I'm going to tell you what to do and this is how you do it. We say, okay, here's the problem we're facing. How do we solve it together? We focus on teaching kids the alternative behaviors that will help them throughout their lives uh, so they can self-discipline. And then uh, last but certainly not least, we focus on discipline instead of punishment as the approach to helping kids change behavior. When you say self-discipline, can you describe a little bit more of that in, in detail? Yeah, well, in order for children to have what we call self-discipline, being able to um, make decisions, problem solve, use appropriate social skill, um, you have to give children discipline on a daily basis. So parents who have, well, self-disciplined children probably use a lot of discipline in their lives versus punishment. So it's really teaching by example and focusing on teaching. Yeah, the, and I think there's probably an interesting line that gets drawn with parents that may not be completely aware of the difference between self-discipline and disciplining um, and what that means uh, instead of punishment. Um, have you encountered anything mm-hmm. that you could share with us that would sort of elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, The difference between discipline and a punishment is that discipline really focuses on three important things, okay? Uh, Teaching, okay, teaching children in a way that they can understand, all right? Uh, Providing them with instruction. Children need limits. They need you to set expectations for them. Uh, And... uh, They also need us to educate them. They don't, you know, a brain is not only born, it is built. And so in order to educate children, you have to give them uh, experiences. You have to uh, teach them what they need to know and then trust them, give them the opportunity to use those skills in different situations. Um, So punishment, on the other hand, says, okay, if you do something wrong, this is the consequence that comes for that behavior. And sometimes that punishment can uh, be physical, it can be verbal, and it can be fairly damaging to a child over the course of their life uh, if used constantly and in the wrong way. So uh, discipline, you can use it all the time, everywhere, anywhere, uh, and as much as you like, whereas punishment uh, really can really damage a relationship over time and can hurt a child's uh, self-esteem and ability to uh, discipline themselves because they don't want it. They don't want the kind of discipline their parents have given them. I'm glad that you discussed that because, you know, there's young parents that are out there. Obviously, I was a young parent, and having that understanding of the difference between punishing and discipline is is something that you, you know, I don't think everybody takes into perspective. You know, my interview with Alicia, she mentioned that her parenting style is a lot different from what her mother's style was. And I know sometimes that that can cause controversy, like what we were just talking about, and arguments in family, especially when kids stay at grandma and grandpa's house and things are different than <laughs> at home. And what advice... Would you give parents when they're struggling with that? Like, you know, Grandma said it was okay, but you're not saying it's okay, Mama. <laughs> All right. 
Well, there's a, it's a good quote I kind of go to. Um, it says, um, the only thing better than having you as a parent is having my children have you as a grandparent. And that is really an indication that the role has changed. Uh, what the role is for a grandparent is different than the role is for a parent, okay? And so uh, p- grandparents are there to uphold the tradition, to tell us where we've come from and, you know, who we are. We're, you know, it's important for those traditions to be there, to give kids foundation. And they are the wisdom keepers uh, and the supporters of parents, but they are not the parents. And they're kind of this, uh, while at the same, being the supporter of parents and the wisdom uh, that you can go to and ask your mom, hey, mom, I'm having this problem with my kiddo. He's doing X, Y, and Z. What do you, what do you think? But also, they're the vacation <laughs> for children from parents. So, uh, you know, uh, it's important for those, those kids to get with their grandparents, and their grandparents are going to let them do things. And you say, why are you letting him do this? You never let me do that. <laughs> well, that's what grandparents are for. You you get that uh, opportunity to do those things. But it's important that you uh, – don't take on the role of a parent, but you support parents. So if you're in the household, if there are generations living together and a parent is um, telling their child, no, you can't do that. And then the child goes to the grandparents and says, can I do that? And the grandparent says, yes, that's a problem. You want to support that parent. But I hold a child responsible. So if I tell you no, and you go around me and go to your grandparent and ask for that, I'm not going to say anything to my mom about that. That's what a grandparent does. What I will do is talk to you about going around me and talking and asking your grandmother for that thing that I told you to know about. And we're going to talk about how to accept no for an answer. When I tell you no, you need to look at me and say the special letters O and K and then let it go. Okay. And so not go to your grandparent. And then, of course, there will be some maybe a, a, a redo or undo that they might have to do with uh accepting that thing that their grandparent gave them. I wouldn't correct my grandparent, uh, my mom, that she's doing what a grandparent does. But uh, they grandparents are so important, Jacob. They teach kids about loving themselves. They teach uh, kids about reading because they want to read to them, and that's an important skill. Uh, they teach kids skills like how carpentry or garden and all those kind of things, and they teach kids about family. And so it's good to be a grandparent, and it's good to have them in your lives as long as they know their role and that you allow them to be that person in your kids' lives. Yes, grandparents are definitely important, and I know how important they are to my children um, and how much, you know, grandparents, they give them a little extra honey and a little extra love when they need it. <laughs> it's too. It's a sweet time. And, yes, there's times where they push those limits as kids, and that's a very interesting fact that you said that, you know, I – I trust them to be, you know, my, my children to have that moment with them. Um, you know, obviously, mom said I can have six cookies every night is not exactly something that, you know, that, that you know, that's uh, something probably our parents, mm-hmm. as parents, we would tell our children. But, um, but yes, um, and I, you know, I think that's a, a really great way of looking at things. And, and, and grandparents, they, you know, they do like to read to the children. They do like to take the times. I even I even see as myself as a father going. What more can I do as a dad to better that relationship? More like a maybe a grandparent, not just 
being a grandpa, but preparing myself for as a grandparent. So those are all wonderful things. You know, I, I also uh, I asked Alicia a question that I asked several of my guests over the time. What would she tell her younger self if she was able to go back into a time machine? And she said she would tell herself to trust who she is and to not care what others think about her. And she mentioned this, something that she wants to teach her daughter now. But I'm curious, how do you go about teaching that to a child? And how do you instill that strong sense of self? Yeah. Well, when it comes to teaching kids about trust, first you should trust your children with the small stuff so you can trust them with the big stuff. So it starts small, but giving them responsibilities that you know that they can handle that are age appropriate are the, their ability that they can be able to do and encourage them to have self-affirmation to say things like, I can do this. I, I tried really hard. I can try again. And, you know, and encourage them when they fail. It's, I used to think that I wanted my kids to be successful. And that was a good thought. But then I began to think, I want my kids to fail in my presence. That's a safe place to fail in. And it's okay to fail in my presence. Uh, And when they did, I didn't try to fix it for them. I remember when my son was little and he was trying to learn to tie his shoe. He's sitting on the floor and he's crying, trying to tie this shoe. The bunny ears are not doing the right thing. And tears are coming down his face. And I told him, I said, do you want me to help you? No. And I said, well, okay, I'm here. If you need some help. And he cried and cried. And then uh, I, you know, when he wanted me to help him, I would help him. But the day he learned to tie his shoe by himself, it was, he was 10 feet tall. I could not have bought him that feeling that he could trust. He could do it himself. He had the confidence and I was there you know, to comfort him, but to let him struggle in my presence. It was a big lesson for me. That is okay for kids to struggle. It's okay for kids to fail. I need to trust that they can get back up and they can try again. So let kids do that in your presence. Let them have that also that affirmation. Trust them with the little things like tying their shoes so that one day when they have to do the big things, you can trust them with that too. Have them do little self-esteem checks, you know, uh, with themselves, you know, do I believe in myself? There's little charts you can find online, lots of little things like that, that you can just check in on a kiddo. Um, increase, uh, uh, their self-awareness is another thing, Jacob, uh, that kids could do, you know, their self-worth. Do they always put their friends ahead of themselves? Do they love themselves enough Okay, and self-acceptance, you know, their body. Sometimes kids are really hard on themselves as they grow and their bodies are changing. It's to be okay that I am okay. It's okay not to be okay (laughs) as well. There's going to be times when things are not okay, and that's fine. Enhance their self-love, you know, um, by being able to see themselves uh, uh, and for you to be able to say, here, look at you. You're different, but that's okay. And, and, and you should love yourself. You should care for yourself. Uh, recognizing self-worth is a big, important tool and something that has to be constantly worked on, Jacob. So every parent needs to do that. And taking responsibility for yourself is a big trust thing. So when I do something wrong as a child, I need to take responsibility for that. 
and to say, okay, well, I made this, now I need to clean it up, or I did this wrong. I can say, yes, I did it wrong. I can be honest about it uh, and take responsibility. And that builds trust in parents when kids can do that. And it builds trust in that child as well, that I can take responsibility for myself. It sure does. I was just at my best friend's, one of my best friend's houses in Atlanta, and his son jumped up on the counter, and he we have a great relationship. He's you know he's like he's like another child in my life that I you know I'm so happy to be around, and we have a lot of fun, and we play games, and you know we talk like adults to each other. But he jumped up and he broke a glass, and I said, "Well, I'm going to clean that up because you know he's only five years old, and I'm going to go ahead and let your dad know that you broke this." And he said, "No, no, no, no! Don't tell my dad I broke this." Tell him you broke it. And I said, well, I said, no, 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 no. I, I said, it's better to tell the truth than it is to tell a lie. Because things happen. Accidents happen. And it was an accident. And it's okay. And I had to think through that. I didn't have to really think hard about it. But at the same time, you know, he thought, and I made sure, I said, you're not in trouble. You know that, right? It's just an accident. I break things all the time. But it's funny sometimes, you know, a child's mind will say, oh, I did something wrong and I'm going to get in trouble for it. But we have to reassure our children or other children in this incident that it's okay to make mistakes and accidents and Mm -hmm. they happen. It's life, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Accidents do happen. Mistakes do happen. And sometimes children do things wrong that they know are wrong, but they do them anyway because, you know, they're impulsive. They're not thinking about the consequence that might come. And it's okay to accept responsibility. Like, yes, yeah, you purposely did a behavior and now there's going to be consequences for it. But if you show you're a big boy and you walk and you tell your dad, I did this thing and I did it on purpose and I'm sorry can you accept my apology? And wow, you grow up, you or your dad's going to look at you like, wow, look at you. You're really growing up. And maybe even your consequence won't be that bad. But, you know, it's okay to get consequences. And, and when you accept them well, it shows you're growing up. So, uh, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still accepting consequences with my wife all the time. <laughs> I don't know how I can even get through the day. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, another parent, it it is, you know, it truly is. You just got to, you know, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And we just pick up the pieces and we just keep going forward and accepting the responsibility when it's time. And yes, the consequences are not so bad when we do that. Another great parenting topic that was discussed with Alicia was about online games, Online gaming is such a big thing in my house because um, you know, I've got three kids. And we talked about some of this in the interview with a few games specifically and why it's so important to create limits for that time and to also monitor their online use when you can. Bridget, how do I do this effectively without causing a, a big argument in my house? Well, you might not avoid the big argument. Uh, Kids are very passionate about their online games. But here's the thing. Good behavior online starts with good behavior offline. So often we carry all our bad habits online with us. So you want to make sure a couple of things that you just put in place 
um, is to educate yourself. Sometimes parents are just not <laughs> as savvy about online gaming as their kids. Uh, they're a little bit behind. So try to get up to date on your education. as much. If you're going to buy that and spend a lot of money on something for your, your kid, understand what you're buying. Okay, so get a little educated. Definitely protect your children with some software, uh, you know, uh, Net Nanny or Parenting Controlled 2017. All right, so a lot of the devices already have uh, parental controls on them that you can safeguard your kids, so you might not have to buy anything extra. Um, put those computers in, in places and the tablets in places that are public to everybody. Uh, kids really shouldn't have private access to internet that you can't get to. They're children and there's so much out in the internet. If I were to tell you, okay, just put your kids outside and let them wander around. You would go, Bridget, that's kind of crazy. Well, the same thing goes for the virtual worlds. You just can't put them out there and expect them to be safe. Uh, there's no police on the virtual world right now. It is just a, you know, the wild, wild west. So I would advise you to uh, definitely put those in public places so you can see what they're looking at. Um, establish some accountability, but without judgment. If kids might roam up to some site or get on some site that, you know, they probably shouldn't be on, uh, try not to use judgment to say, okay, this was a mistake. This was uh, a bad decision. Here's what you're going to do differently. This is what we have to do uh, to correct this and then have them correct that. Um, well, I, 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 I do have to, I do have to say, mm-hmm. um, parents do your research on how to dismantle the, or make those settings, you know, so they're not having full access of those, those settings they don't make it that easy, I have to no. say, as a parent. You have to go through settings. If it's an iPad, if it's an iPhone, or, or any other kind of device, you have to know the system and go to the settings, this particular thing, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you go through that as parents. Do it. Do Take the time. Trust me. I've got three kids, and you know there has been some of these incidents where I thought it was dismantled, and some sort of weird pop-up came up. And, you know, it was something I would never want my kids to see. And, of course, we had to address it, just like what you're talking about. And I said, you know, this is, um, this is not normal. You understand? This is not, no, not for them not normal, but mm-hmm. for no people being normal. This is something you shouldn't be seeing. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how these online, uh, these different websites are so intertwined with YouTube this days, these days and allow mm-hmm. things to pop up. Um, it's uh, So you have to be careful as a parent. You really have to do your research and make sure you know how to uh, make sure your, your device is child-friendly and safe. Um, and that's all I'm going to say yeah, about that. Well, but please, Bridget, elaborate a little bit more. No, no. Uh, the Internet changes all the time. Just when you think you have it figured out, you know, like you say, you get these pop-ups, the algorithms are uh, in operation. There's all kind of really weird glitches. And so teaching your children uh, how to deal with those issues. So when this happens, kind of walk through it with them. And you see this, I want you not to push any buttons. I want you to come and get your dad or me, all right? Uh, don't click. And, you know, if you see something that looks odd, come and see us first before you you know, click on that. And if you do click on it, come and see us. And so that we can do something about that or alert, uh, um, 
whoever we need to talk to and talk to kids about that. A lot of times we're not talking to the child. They're the one on the device and we're not giving them the skill set. Like I said before, good behavior happens offline. So tell them what they need to do, have them maybe even practice that and uh, so that they can be prepared because you never know what they're going to face in the virtual world. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is scary. And these algorithms and these things that come up and, you know, if it is a pop-up, they hit the pop-up, they hit the button, and it just continues to pop up. So make sure, like Bridget is saying, discuss this beforehand. And if you can, address it appropriately like you should as, a, you know, with your children. It's, it's not their fault. It's, it's, there's other things that are at work that are bigger um, than, than what just you think their device is. It's, these people are trying to sell products and they're trying mm-hmm. to sell it to everybody out there. And it's a, it's a scary world. It really is. It can be very scary. So be aware as parents. And I have to just, I have to say that because I've, I've seen it happen with my children and I have to, you know, want to make sure that all kids are protected. And there was one other thing, uh, Bridget, that I want to discuss too, uh, that was in my conversation with Alicia. Um, we, we, Alicia's response when I asked her who carried her in her life, of course, the Boys Town uh, slogan, uh, you know, it's uh, the slogan, of course, guys, is he ain't heavy, he's my brother. But, you know, I always ask them who carried you just in case they don't understand what that exactly means. And she mentioned her child a lot of times helps carry her. And I think. Too often we feel like the parent always needs to be the strong one, the one who does the carrying. What are your thoughts on letting your child see you struggle and being vulnerable sometimes as a parent? Well, children are pretty in tune to us. They see us struggling whether we want to pretend they don't see it or not. But it's okay for parents to say, I'm not a super mom, I'm not a super dad, you know, we're going through a tough time. And to be honest about that with their kids, and that makes kids feel more safe versus versus you kind of gaslighting them like nothing's going on here. (laughs) They'll say, yeah, we're struggling a little bit, but your dad and I are working on this, uh, and it's all right, we're going to get through it. Um, And to let them know that parents are just normal people that love them so much that they're willing to put their children's dreams before their own and their uh, their well-being uh, as their priority. And that's what parents are all about. Uh, so it's okay for children to take on some responsibility that are age appropriate and reasonable for their ability. And uh, there's a time limit Uh, on that. Uh, Children shouldn't take on responsibilities forever and ever that parents are supposed to be doing uh, are carrying that emotional load for for parents. Um, But it's okay for kids to help out where they can, especially uh, if mom or dad are going through uh, some difficult times for things that they can do. Um, Children are, you know, it is very important that kids have a childhood. Okay, Uh, when they have a childhood, they'll have a better and healthier adulthood. So it's important that they have that. So uh, 
I don't want to make light of that, that kids are kids for a reason and parents are parents for a reason. Uh, and there's all right for parents to struggle and to let their kids know that they're struggling. And it's okay for kids to emotionally support us uh, at times in our lives uh, and for us to let them take on some responsibilities that are appropriate for them for a short time uh, Why we, you know, get that together. We say, hey, mom is going to be working some two shifts here. I need you guys to help out around the house, you know, clean up and do a little bit more than what you are doing. And that would be great. Or my kid hugs me and knows I need an extra hug because I am really very tired and COVID is getting me down. Uh, That's okay too. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm going to get my children to work right now. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, No, but it's true. You know, a little responsibility. It also makes them feel like adults, right? They feel like they're part of the, you know, the family and that bond. And it's okay to have them have some responsibilities. It makes them feel, uh, you know, it makes them feel like they're part of it. Bridget, I just want to say again, thank you so much for joining me today. You have so much insightful information and inspiring information for parents and children alike. Um, so thank you. You're welcome, Jacob. Anytime. It's that a lovely time talking to you. I know you sound like a great dad and your wife and you're doing a wonderful job. Keep it up. <laughs> oh, thank you. We do our best. Um, I do have to tip my hat to the missus. She definitely picks up the slack where I, I cannot. So she's a big, important part of that, uh, raising our children as, as well as I am. Um, But that's about all the time we have for today on Real Conversations with Jacob Young, the mental health podcast that is sponsored by Boys Town. At Boys Town, their slogan is, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And for over 100 years, Boys Town has been saving children and healing families. They're only one call away. They're always there to help. So please go to boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boys Town's health services or just simply go to yourlifeyourvoice.org and if you're in immediate crisis or need help please call the trained counselors at the Boys Town National Hotline at 800-448-3000 800-448-3000 or text VOICE to 20121 thank you for joining me on Real Conversations I'm Jacob Young until next time love yourself <laughs>